0: This is where the fun begins.
1: General Kenobi!
0: <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome back to Jedi Knights, the official Star Wars podcast of Joy Clicks. I'm your host, Christian Buckley, here with my Chewy, Mike Connors, for episode 56, 10 away from the big one. Only 10 away? You know,
2: I was thinking about this earlier, uh, do you think we've done more episodes remotely than we did in person? Yes, absolutely. I feel, I
0: feel like we've we've gotten to that point. We um, have we here's the thing we we've definitely recorded more um episodes remotely because remember last season when we did or not last season but when we did season one Mando interview that was same recording day but we did two episodes we did the breakout for mando first and then friday was the episode for uh um whatever we were reviewing for the week right
2: right much mm -hmm. simpler times i guess yeah Yeah. (laughs) yeah
0: uh how you doing mike
2: i'm good man uh i think i was talking to you a little bit about this before uh, we started recording but i was playing some lego star wars earlier uh finished i'm kind of just trying to go through in order so i finished attack of the clones mm-hmm. um, most of it was on geonosis wasn't that fun honestly but yeah you know i remember the, the
0: rest of it being good yeah i remember hating the droid factory
2: that was horrible i, yeah. <laughs> I really did that today uh I mean so far episode three is fun and episode one is fun too so
0: nice well um how are you i'm doing all right you know uh, i just got a couple star wars games to stream for november uh nice. doing shadows of the empire and battlefront 2 classic on my twitch channel tw- twitch.tv slash chris buckley um cool gonna do that at some point this month um but we're doing something different with the episode release this week and probably for the rest of the year so might as well lead with that uh for the youtube version we record these on monday uh because mandalorian episodes drop on friday we figured hey we record early enough in the day on monday that whatever post-production stuff has to be done on my end which thanks to how we record is not a ton uh we can get the episode up So, we're uh, closer to the release of the Mando episode. So, for now, until the rest of the year, uh, new episodes of Jedi Knights posting. Monday nights. Still going to do live premieres. Uh, Maybe we'll do a couple live episodes. We'll see what happens. But, um, yeah. yeah. Monday nights. I mean, I think this is a a
2: beginning of a new era for Jedi Knights, I guess.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because I think we did our Mando reviews last year. The breakout ones were still posted on Mondays. So, like familiar territory but now we're like going all in yeah all in mm-hmm. on the monday schedule i guess <laughs> yeah um you know it may it may actually benefit us if there is any break late
2: breaking news we don't look like we're behind
0: exactly it's very nice <laughs> um <Yeah. laughs> also because uh in the u.s at least this is posting monday night tomorrow's a uh, voting day so if you can if you are registered to vote might as well go vote because uh yeah it's important <laughs> it's very important I voted by mail
2: but uh if you haven't voted go vote in person if you can
0: yeah um yeah i did the the drop-off that a few days ago done by city so hall e-
2: so easy man mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we should have done that many election cycles ago <laughs>
1: yeah um
0: but with that being said why don't we get to some star wars talk uh kicking off with the jedi archives our segment where we pull from the sacred texts of wikipedia every week to educate you, each other uh-huh. whenever you say sacred texts i always think of like you know uh
2: luke skywalker in episode eight and like yeah. the the jedi books and everything that's yeah. what i that's what i imagine wikipedia being
0: yeah that's like the server of wikipedia it's just that tree <laughs> with all the books inside of it
2: that's right yeah actually it, it they, the director's cut
0: they walk into the tree and it's just a big server room <laughs> uh, yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, uh mike why don't you kick us off this week what did, what's your pick what's your poll what are you gonna educate us on in the world of star wars so i don't know if i've picked this before i may have i don't think so
2: um i'm picking a character whose name is, is Kalo nord okay. uh he's a human male an infamous infamous bounty hunter who lived during the jedi civil war uh if you played knights of the old republic you're definitely familiar with this character um i picked him because we will get to it later on in the episode uh The this week's Mandalorian episode seemed to be uh, very much heavily inspired by uh, Knights of the Republic. Mm -hmm. At one point, you do to go to Tatooine and encounter a uh, sort of creature that we'll talk about later. um, That was visible in uh, and very focal in this next this new episode of the Mandalorian. Uh, Right after you defeat this creature in the game, you get sort of just like attacked and ambushed by this guy Mm -hmm. and you have to you have to kill him so that's kind of just what uh what what sort of inspired me to to pick him uh so yeah he's just a bounty hunter he he's a pretty he's a pretty bad guy and Mm -hmm. uh yeah so there you go
0: (laughs) very cool thank you i did not know that i i did see a lot of people hyping up the the parallels between that mission but we'll get to it we'll get to it interesting to know that there was a like a third party involved just some dude yeah exactly we'll Mm -hmm. get to it Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh i also picked a character from a video game which i believe this character is not canon anymore but it's a character i've heard a lot about before dash rendar
2: all right.
0: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, Dash Rendar was a human male smuggler and freelancer, born into a wealthy Corellian family during the final years of the Galactic Republic. He chose to pursue a career as an officer in the Imperial Navy rather than joining the family shipping business, um, and basically went into a, some some scuttle buds, you know, some fights and bars in the Star Wars universe, and uh, became of course, yeah. Han Solo essentially. <laughs> Yeah, uh, what, what games was he in? Uh, I know he's in... He is in Shadows of the Empire, which is why it was on Top of the Brain, since I just bought that. But um, he was also in the novel Shadows of the Empire, and as I'm slightly aware, in the 90s, Shadows of the Empire was like a multimedia sort of thing to like tell stories, kind of like how higher public is going to be uh, yeah. to a certain extent. And he was a focal point in um that entire run so
2: cool i mean uh so he's korealian
0: yeah he's um, korealian ex-imperial officer so it's like literally a carbon copy but okay yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah that's cool good pick thanks
0: yeah uh he and he looks pretty much standard white dude in the space movie that you'd expect
2: <laughs> so Solo. <Hansel>, uh... yeah <laughs> all right
0: yeah well uh, that does it for the Jedi Archives this week. Two video game pulls. One, so a nice little tease.
2: Yeah, we don't we don't uh, you know talk about these at all. It's always a surprise mm-hmm. when, when we when we pull them on air. So
0: yeah. I- I'm waiting for the day that we have the same one.
2: Yeah, it'll happen one day. It will. I'm sure. I'm sure. Of it. The way our brain our brain wavelengths will just connect. Mm-hmm. And, our, and they already have in the past.
0: Mm-hmm. Force dyad, right here. Exactly. Yeah. Um. You want to talk more about John Boyega? I would want nothing nothing less. Really. Okay. Uh, so recently, again, following up on. Nothing,
2: nothing more than that. <laughs> whatever. Sure. You know what
0: I mean. Uh, following up on a few notable discussion points we've had over the past six months or so about John Boyega when it comes yeah. to Star Wars. Um, obviously, at, probably in like. I think it was like June or July, there was uh, his very uh, notable and shared stance and involvement in the Black Lives Matter movement that was basically taking control of the entire news cycle um, yeah. led him to giving interviews and talking about um, his experience in Star Wars which he was very transparent about in a GQ interview mm-hmm. which we discussed in August I think is when that was around um
2: yeah it was like it was around then
0: yeah then recently i think last week even we talked about how in an interview with i think yahoo he said that he'd be open to returning to finn and
2: that was that that was last week i think
0: yeah um so it's been it's been
2: yeah it continues sorry i didn't mean
0: oh no so i was gonna say we were wondering if there was like some discussion that went, went down or if it was just him processing and moving on and trying to recalculate what is the right move for him. But this week we have an update via an interview with the Hollywood reporter. Uh again for the same show he was talking about before. Um, He said in response to his GQ interview that was like tearing down the production of Star Wars when it came to his role, he said, quote, it was a uh it was very honest and very transparent conversation. That he had with a disney executive there was a lot of explaining on their end in terms of the way they saw things they gave me a chance also to explain what my experience was like i'd hoped that me being so open with my career at this stage would help the next man the guy that wants to be the assistant dop the guy that wants to be a producer i hope that the conversation is not such a taboo or elephant in the room now because someone just came and said it so
2: honestly yeah. that's that's great yeah uh i mean Obviously you don't like to see the fact that this, like he, he spoke out for a reason. I think mm-hmm. those are like really horrible reasons. And like, uh, I, I'm like glad that he spoke out about them, but it's, it's good to know that like, at least Disney didn't brush it off. Um, yeah. at least, at least they, they, they made space for him uh, to sort of just like say what he had to say mm-hmm. to them, to their face. Um, cause maybe he felt like he couldn't before, mm-hmm. uh, And what he has to say here about like, you know, he wants to be open so he can sort of like chart a path for people behind him, Mm -hmm. I think is really brave. And like, you know, the the person who wants to be the assistant DOP, like probably doesn't have the same amount of, obviously doesn't have the same amount of clout as like John Boyega does. So Mm
1: -hmm. when
2: you have somebody that, that high up, you know, making those points and speaking out Mm -hmm. really powerful stuff.
0: Yeah, uh, I recommend reading the entire Hollywood Reporter interview because he talked about um, sort of how he used his platform and the clout he gained from Star Wars to start his own production company, which is uh, producing non-English speaking films for Netflix. Um, That's cool. A lot of productions in, like, East Africa and stuff like that. So it, it's a really interesting interview. Um, in terms of what it means for him and Star Wars, I think... I, obviously we noted last week that his tone changed so i would like to think based on the way we've seen him speak this year and how genuine it feels every time he talks about anything that like he's probably satisfied with the conversation you know and he's probably happy that disney is taking steps to listen and act on that and because last week he was like, "Hey, if the story's there, maybe we visit Finn again." Like, it, it makes me think that he walked away hopeful, compared to th- the really terrible dish that he was dealt since what, like 2017 Honestly, since the reveal, ever since there was that whole like all black stormtrooper thing.
2: Yeah, yeah. Ever so, since then. Yeah. I mean, I think like, I don't know. It's just it's just good to see that there are like at least being open with him and letting him say what he has to say mm-hmm. um yeah it's good
0: good stuff yeah so uh maybe we see something from this in the future uh in the meantime john Blake is very busy so you know i i do want to say that like
2: i feel like the original thing that he had the, the original gq article it wasn't like i don't think he was trying to like ruin his relationship with disney in any way i think he was trying to like stay amicable but just like calling out like the stuff that they did wrong and i think that they obviously are are keeping like an open mind about it just good just wanted to make that point
0: oh absolutely yeah because again we're not in hollywood but there is like a pressure you know to like not down like not speak ill of the productions you're on so yeah. I, I think that's probably why there was that read but yeah i'm i'm glad that he's continuing to be very vocal about it and he should be definitely speaking of more yeah star wars (laughs) best transition i could do (laughs) that's Um, good (laughs) so recently the newest addition uh, to the world of star wars video games is star wars squadrons the dogfighting game from ea motive the studio that did support work on star wars battlefront 2 they spearhead this new $40 Star Wars X-Wing TIE Fighter experience, which seems to be received mixed to positive. Um, I still have not picked it up. I don't think Mike has either.
2: have not. <laughs> but,
0: um, what's interesting is that thanks to a job listing, we know that EA Motive is already working on their next Star Wars project. That's
2: interesting. Um, does the job listing have any details, or? So there,
0: there were two job listings that appeared. Uh, both of them for EA Motive. One was in relation to the IP of Star Wars. The other one was for a new original IP from EA Motive. Um, which, first off, in terms of like a studio perspective, I think it's interesting because EA Motive, as far as I'm aware, uh, or at least as long as i've been aware of that studio i just knew that they did support work for battlefront so like seeing them branch out and start being able to make more stuff like squadrons another star wars game and then a new ip that's cool considering ea has a history of like shutting down studios not like (laughs) fostering growth for them
2: right yeah i mean it just makes me wonder like ea just does such a wide range of things that Mm -hmm. I wonder what sort of game this is going to be. Um I mean they just came out with Squadrons, which definitely seems like like, you know, like a B tier game compared to like the A tier game that a Fallen Order is, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it makes me think like I don't know if they're trying to come up with another one of those maybe like forty dollar less impactful games, or if this is like an IP that, you know, is going to be more feature length, mm-hmm. you know. Um, who knows? I don't know what you think.
0: Yeah, I- I'm with you. I think Based on the scale of everything and the fact that they ship squadrons, we're like, we're not adding anything, and now there's news that they're already gonna go head first on a new Star Wars project. It makes me think it's probably a similar scale thing to squadrons. And honestly, I kind of like that because the thing is, if we can get maybe yearly, obviously, I don't think their game would be next year, but maybe there's another Star Wars game next year um if we can get into a cycle of a star wars game a year you know and next year we do have lego star wars so that would fill a void that's not ea but still new content um but say come 2022 uh we get a presentation in like january it's like the next step from ea star wars thanks to motive it's a seven hour bad batch first person shooter campaign like that'd be sick you know (laughs)
2: yeah yeah i mean so so basically what you're saying is you think that like ea motive are going to stick with they're going to stick with these like smaller games and maybe ea will give uh those feature length games to like a respawn or something like that
0: i i would think so because like if the opportunity is there for a studio to make solid games and from everything i hear about squadrons it's like the gameplay's solid you know it's just a matter yeah. of Uh, the things surrounding it that people think may be lackluster or not enough. Like, if we can get them to make a really pretty-looking six-hour co-op first-person shooter campaign about the Bad Batch or, like, we do Delta Squad, like, I'd happily take that as opposed to nothing or waiting another three years for a Squadron sequel that's more fully-fledged, you know? True, yeah. I guess,
2: like, they they could work on, like, these smaller, like you know just like wet the appetite kind of thing yeah. you know mm-hmm. uh and then and then yeah you, you get like the uh big the big hitters like the triple a games every like four years or so Uh yeah. makes sense to me um yeah. I, I, honestly any scenario where there's more star wars games is positive it's a w in my book yeah because
0: like think of it this way too like if we do stick with the small scale if it is stuff that like hits like a seven or an eight on metacritic like think about the history of star wars games how many out of the like hundreds of them are actually like that a tier we're talking about right like yeah yeah we have like force unleashed even at the time was like a little grody so like yeah true if we can just get back to like a pace that's like hey if you didn't like the star wars game this year maybe the one next year will be good for you like if we can get to that and ea motive fills that role that is good in my book
2: yeah, I don't mind having, like, you know, maybe some smaller games that are, like, less expensive and maybe just, like, don't have as much content, mm-hmm. but that, like like I said, well, or like you said, you know, sort of just, like, give people that that sort of, like, taste until, yeah. you know, every, every so often they come out with a big AAA game, yeah. uh, which is probably the way that I'd want to see it done. Now, you said that you would like to see a Bad Batch sort of game mm-hmm. uh, is like are you set on that or would you just want to see like something first person or or are you kind of just set on like the bad batch specifically
0: well because what i'm thinking is that i'm trying to think of what ea motive is comfortable with so far so far it's been flight stuff and support on battlefront so both of those are first person perspectives so i'm assuming we're going to stick with that trend of like first person okay so what can we do with first person i don't think a first person Jedi game would work so probably a trooper game if we're making a show about the bad batch might as well go all in and be like hey the bad batch video game six to eight hour campaign you can play a co-op that's it yeah 40 bucks so
2: that would be cool that'd be cool Mm
0: -hmm. so do you have anything on the top of your head that you'd want to see them do for their next project yo man i just
2: want them to resurrect that darth maul game Mm. that's really that's what i want them to do (laughs) (laughs) mm-hmm i don't know if that would work for them but you know go yeah. for it I, i'd like to see you try
0: yeah and uh, apparently thanks to that force unleashed rumor from last week apparently ea doesn't have star wars fully unlocked which i guess makes sense traveler's tales does lego you know that's not EA. yeah
2: i mean I, that makes me wonder though just because like i assume that traveler's tales like that was a contract that they must have like struck way before disney bought star wars but like mm. I thought that EA and Disney like pretty much had a, an exclusive deal. I, I I didn't realize that like, I don't know. That's going back on news from last week, but
0: sure. Yeah, well, um, following up the news from last week though, Mando Monday once again. Today's Monday, so we got our Mando yeah. Monday stuff <laughs> hot off the presses this week. The standout at Build a Bear, you can make a teddy bear that has like a Mando print on it, or you can just make the child. That's pretty sick. <laughs> yeah. I haven't been to a Builder Bear in let's say fourteen years probably. Maybe longer than that. I don't know how old yeah. I am. Um Okay. <laughs> I'm trying yeah. to think
2: when, when the last time I was at a Builder Bear. Maybe may have been more recent. I don't know if you have younger siblings, Christian, but my sister's younger than me, so
0: my brother's two years younger than me, so no. <laughs> oh okay but yeah i think the last time i went was like before 2010 um yeah yeah it if i find myself in a build-a-bear in the next six months if they still have these <laughs> on stock i'll make the child that's cute yeah our,
2: also like are build-a-bears even open right now that's a good question just, just, a, just a just a thought but yeah I, they're re- it's really cute i have to say especially the child oh
0: yeah um did you, I, I unfortunately there wasn't a stream this week. I thought we were gonna be doing streams every week for like the news of Mando Monday, but yeah. The website just has some featured products. Uh there's a couple Funko Pops, like there's Mando on a Bantha, what I like that one kinda. Um again lots of merch, some new T shirts, uh a backpack. There's a Mudhorn beanie. So like the the sigil for Dinjarin and the child. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's like 30 bucks though. <laughs> so, okay. I don't yeah. know if I dropped that on a Beanie. Um, and yeah, a couple other figures, you know, all the different lines. There's, like, the Vintage Collection, the Counter One, the Black Series. There's a bunch of stuff you can start to pre-order today. Uh, are you going to pick up any of the Mando merch? I don't know if we talked about this at all last week. So was there a Black Series that dropped today, Christian? There's, I think... On, on the featured products for November 2nd, there is a black series of Din Djarin and The Child. But I don't think you can pre-order it. I see. Okay.
2: Well, I don't know why, I, for some reason, like, I, I don't know if I'm looking at the wrong thing. But, yeah, I mean, I'm not, like, super into anything that was that was shown today, to be mm-hmm. quite honest. I was hoping that there was going to be a black series of um, Cobb Vanth
0: yeah where's that
2: where's that i want that
0: <laughs> i i bet that's like wave two because remember how when season one happened last year they were like oh all the baby yoda merch is like way later because we don't want to spoil anything oh so yeah, we were, we true. weren't even producing it you know until like after the show was halfway over i think that might be what we're getting here probably the same with ahsoka as well probably i i the
2: thing is though is like i was just sort of I was watching this week's episode and I was like, "I want a black series figure of him." Yeah, me, <laughs> me too. And then, like, I was like, "I was like, maybe it'll be this Mando Monday," and then no. <laughs> yeah,
0: so, yeah. Uh, this ver- this today, from my cursory scan of the website, seems like it's just a direct follow up to last week, um, in terms of like giving a little more details. Uh, so maybe next week, maybe next week we get details about Cobb Vanth or anything Hopefully. else hopefully Um, yeah i still kind of want those uh child adidas so save up bro (laughs) they're only 90 bucks i thought they were gonna be like ridiculously expensive but
2: you should just go for them i mean like when do they go on sale? are they already on sale uh
0: wednesday i think so pre-order man you got it i might i might we're gonna see what happens (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah i still don't own a black series star wars figure i want A dinjar and one to be my first, but man, I don't really like the one that is up today. Is
2: it the one where his face is? You can see his face.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of how that looks. Like, I know you could just keep the helmet on the whole time, but I'd just be thinking about it.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Just like. Maybe, maybe just yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if you could still buy like the carbonized version. Probably not.
0: Yeah, there were another other ones I was looking at. Like, you can get the like the four inch. vintage one so i was thinking about maybe that because i think i have a like a tin somewhere in this house of a bunch of those like four inch star wars figures from like revenge to the sith days but um that one's cheaper too
2: they, so why do they make pedro pascal's face so so fat looking on this black series figure if you if you look at it like mm-hmm. it's pretty obviously
0: so yeah. i saw somebody tweeting that sometimes when actors don't license out their likeness that's why figures don't look the way they should so the theory is that maybe Pedro pascal didn't sign off with hasbro and uh that's why it's like it kind of looks like him but like
2: it does does definitely look like him but yeah. it
0: definitely also doesn't look like him at his
2: face is just very very wide yeah it's so. like too round I, mm-hmm. the thing is, is like it makes me wonder like you you wouldn't th- you wouldn't think that disney would like essentially force Pedro pascal to like do like 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 sign off of his for his likeness you know like i don't know you think you'd think that that would be in his contract
0: like you become (laughs) the mandalorian like we can use your face yeah (laughs) so maybe it maybe it was just a weird thing with the mold it could be that if it's not a a contract thing because i do think it's kind of unlikely that you sign on to be, be part of this mega franchise and then you're like nah but my face nah not on the toys
2: well yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And also like you you can't tell me that somebody didn't look at this and say, like, that looks bad. You know? <laughs> like maybe maybe this the deadline was, was too was too soon.
0: Maybe. Well, speaking of Din Jarn speaking of Covanth, Vanth, why don't we talk about episode nine? Chapter nine, excuse me, not episode nine. <laughs> no. I gotta be very clear with this show when we're talking about episodes versus chapters. <laughs> that's right yeah the mandalorian chapter 9 the marshal before we continue full spoilers are on the table for this episode but before we get to full spoilers one word one sentence review what do you think of the episode um uh, a great
2: combination of nostalgia and new
0: okay very nice i i i agree i i think it is the best of what i love about season one so
2: so those are some pretty two glowing reviews of of this before we dive deep into it Mm -hmm. where i I guess like where do you want to start with this um
0: Um, why don't we honestly why don't we just start at the start like getting back into the world you know diving in seeing mando and the child once again um I, I was very happy just from the second the show started up. I know there was that, like, two-minute recap, right, of, like, the entire first season. Did you watch that at all? I'm just curious. I did, yeah. Yeah, I watched it, too. It,
2: it made me realize that, like, not a lot happened <laughs> in the first season. Mm-hmm. Like, like story-wise, like, mm-hmm. it was pretty pretty slow.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then when we get to current timeline, we see Mando and the child stroll through these back alleys trying to find uh this like um confidant or something, like some some mark that he's Mando knows that he has info on where another Mandalorian is.
2: Yeah, and just from like just from the the outset of this, like, Mm -hmm. I was just immediately already like back into the Mandalorian world. Like just like the shot of din and the child like walking down that road and like the music is like so mandalorian and like they just look so cool and like baby it's so freaking cute and like it's just all there from the beginning
0: yeah like i i'm still blown away by how adorable the child is because, like, there was a shot of him, like, one of the first few shots. Like, I've been seeing this thing every week when I'm looking at these, like, merch things, right? But yeah. then I, I just... They cut to, like, a shot of him for a second, and he just, like, looks over at something. And I was like, ha! <laughs> like, I made a, a sound. I was like, eh! <laughs> He's Cute.
2: Literally, Like, what do you think... I guess like this is a, just sort of a tangent, but like, what do you think makes him so cute? Like, he's just so adorable. I think it's
0: I think it's the fact that it looks like it's. I mean, it is real, so like, it's the fact that it's a puppet and it's like actually there and has like a texture to it. Also, the yeah. eyes.
2: The eyes, definitely, and the big ears.
0: Yeah, it's sure. <laughs> so freaking cute. Um, yeah, that entire opening I thought was really good, and it was like a nice slow build to a conflict that it kind of reminded me of how we're introduced to mando in episode one with the bar you know just yep. scrolls up to this place causes some mayhem walks out with what he needs totally but even in some even in a way i felt like it it, it was like more star Warsy. Sure. um
2: maybe it's just like you know it just the attention to detail like from the very beginning like they're walking down the road in this like weird planet and like the graffiti like they make a point to show the graffiti and it feels mm-hmm. like lived in and like it's just very cool uh you know he gets greeted by like this twi'lek at the door to this club and he walks in there are like two gamorians fighting and like it's just like stuff like that really really just like throws you right into the to the world like mm-hmm. i just felt like i was walking into like this like weird alien bar fighting or fighting ring with like the Mandalorian. It was very cool. Like the way that they, the way that the show sort of like puts across the screen, like this is Star Wars is like, maybe it's just this episode. It, it was very, it was very impactful for me.
0: Yeah, well said. I, I agree wholeheartedly. Like it's a very, I think it's a very strong intro. Um, also, uh, when I, I, I saw, This is worth noting, too, because the thing is, the way the episode's released, they drop at, like, 3 a.m. East Coast, and I have to go most of my Friday not opening Twitter until I can watch the episode, and I like watching it at night. I didn't this uh, last week because I had something in the afternoon, but um, I I had Twitter open for half a second, and I saw one tweet, of course, about the episode, and I saw, oh, what a, a great cameo and then i saw (laughs) obviously comparisons that we'll get to later but um (coughs) when we were introduced to this mobster guy i was like the voice sounds familiar this is probably the cameo it's like it's an alien in makeup who's like really has a lot of dialogue so this is probably that cameo so i was like mostly focused on just trying to figure out who it was and not paying attention wholly to like what he was saying um (laughs) yeah turns out it was john (laughs) like
2: I, I, you know you gotta love when there's you know like new york new york aliens in yeah. star
1: wars yeah it's
2: like bill burr in, in the first season he's got like this boston accent yeah. like yeah yeah now we got this one-eyed alien with a new york accent so
0: <laughs> yeah um but yeah overall strong intro i thought
2: definitely i want to make one notice here uh the gamorians when they were fighting um they were fighting with like these axes and every single time that they would like Hit one another. Uh, you could see this sort of like, uh, just like I don't, I don't. It seemed it seemed like a like like a force field sort of just like clashing on one another. And that's from Knights of the Old Republic, the Terrace Dueling Arenas. Um, interesting stuff.
0: Nice. I think yeah, I it definitely stood out to me. I was trying to think of like where else I saw them because I haven't played KOTOR, but were yeah. there were there enemies in? Uh, fall in order like I, I remember like a vibro axe is that a term
2: yeah i'm looking at the wikipedia right now i vibro axe is a term i know like the mandalorian has like a vibro a vibro sword like a vibro knife okay uh and and those i think originate from knights of the Old republic they're weapons like they're vibro swords they're vibro knives they're all that kind of stuff in knights of the Old republic and it's just interesting to see um, you know, that technology being sort of like used in this episode because in the terrorist fighting arenas, it basically like made it so the other person didn't kill another. Um,
0: mm-hmm. Oh, solo. Didn't, uh, Dryden Vos have the, like the knuckles with the knives? Yeah.
2: Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. I think, I think that was also a vibro if cool. I'm not to be mistaken. Cool.
0: Cool. Cool. Um, and yeah, after that intro, we dive into the bulk of the episode, uh, John Leguizamo says, "Hey Tatooine, there's a Mandalorian there." Um gets uh hung out in the streets. <laughs> yeah. Uh I was like, ah, "Yeah, Mando's still got some like some darkness in him."
2: I think I think Mandalorian says like, "You won't die by my hands." Yeah. Right? <laughs> and then
0: yep. <laughs> so were those like Jawa or something or were they like just some oh, other yeah. alien with like red eyes?
2: I don't know. I don't think they were Jawas. They kind of it seemed like they could only be in the dark right yeah um they seemed like dog adjacent to me
0: yeah uh regardless mando ships off to tatooine and um right back to Tatooine. baby. yeah um meet the mechanic again i see the thing is i was like hey it's her and so like i because i know what <laughs> we weren't like we don't love her character in the episode she features in in season one because like that episode is the weakest but like, her role in here, I was like, oh yeah, her, cool.
2: Yeah, I mean, I saw it, at, it was fine, ultimately, but like, right when I first saw her, I was like, oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just wasn't very hot on the character uh, mm-hmm. in the first season. I kind of thought it was like overdone,
0: mm-hmm. to be honest. Um, How did you feel yeah. about R5?
2: That was cool. That yeah. was cool. I was watching something, and apparently R5 was also in season one, but just oh, in really? the background. Just in the background cool um yeah i don't know if you noticed but like right on the top of r5 there was like some scarring from episode four when like he busts his motivator that's funny yeah so you could see scarring on his uh, top
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs)
0: um and yeah so most of this episode i will compare out the gate because the rest of the episode is pretty much that formula of the mandalorian that i really like and i think you do too because you love episode four chapter yep. four so much um it's like the sort of samurai thing it's the the cowboy thing it's like hey we go to this area this village they have a problem we help them and then yep. we get rewarded from it, and then we move on our way and like it's this it's the exact same format i love about episode four and it, it gives the room to have really cool action a really cool set piece really cool objective that we can get through completely and also, leave room for like character moments. Um, yeah. So, I really thought it was great. I thought John Favreau did a great job. Uh, first episode he's directed. Would love another one. Um. So yeah, why don't why, Mike? Why don't you let us know who we meet here?
2: Uh, so we go to Mos Pelgo right after. Uh, we meet with. I think her name's like Paliumoto or something like that in her hangar bay, mm-hmm. um the mandalorian goes to mount Ma- Mos Ma- 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 pelago in search of this man this second mandalorian who will help him bring the child back to his his kind um and when he arrives in Mos Ma- Pelgo, he goes to a cantina uh like you do and eventually as a a, a- somebody who is wearing mandalorian armor walks into the cantina but it's not just any mandalorian armor it is the beat up armor of boba fett uh yes the boba fett (laughs) (laughs) the bounty hunter boba fett who Mm -hmm. was eaten by the sarlacc in star wars episode six um but the person who's walking in the cantina does not seem like uh boba fett the armor doesn't seem to really fit him that well and we soon learn um because he takes off his helmet that he's indeed not a Mandalorian. Uh, he is uh, what the townspeople are calling the Marshal,
1: mm-hmm.
2: sort of just like the protector of Mos Pelgo. Uh, he bought the armor off of some Jawas, and his name is Cobb Vanth. Um, now, Cobb Vanth was actually in the Aftermath series, I believe.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so he has appeared in the canon before, um, and but never has appeared on screen, and he's played by none other than Timothy Olyphant. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, what did you think about this?
0: I, again, we talk introductions. I loved his intro. Like, yeah. the standoff with, like, the hand on the gun when he walks in the bar. And then he's like, he's like oh, we're, <laughs> we're cool. Don't worry. And, like, I love to, especially because, like, with season one. And, like, I, I think this is just so strong in, like, following up on things from season one. Because, like, you can tell Mando feels like he should trust the guy. When he's first yeah. like talking to him, and then like the second the helmet comes off, like twists It's like oh, okay. Like you could like almost see it in his body language, like yeah. how the Mandalorian like changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love that. That was really really good. Um, but yeah, their entire interaction, I really liked their back and forth. I hope we get to see more of him. um Me too. Now, I did you read the aftermath series?
2: No, I never did. I just okay. know, like from after the fact. Sure. Uh, after this episode, I did some research, and I mm-hmm. know that he's from those books.
0: Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like at one point it might have been one of those books. Because again, just from like knowing about their existence, did he find the armor in one of those books? Like, was it known that he Cobb Vanth was a character that had the armor?
2: <laughs> yeah, I think I think he I think it was known that he had Mandalorian armor. I okay. don't think it was known that he had. Boba's armor specifically gotcha. I, I mean may, maybe I, I don't know like I said I didn't watch didn't watch the old uh, I mean didn't read the books so I don't know
0: mm-hmm. yeah well uh, I really liked him a lot and I thought Timothy Olyphant fit into the Star Wars universe incredibly well
2: oh yeah for sure I mean it's really interesting that like he really took like he really just fits in really well and and honestly we need more gray haired people in <laughs> Star Wars Sure.
0: More gray-haired adult, man. Mm-hmm. It, it's been a while. Um, yeah, and also, maybe we come out swinging early. How in God's earth did they manage to take, what, his screen time was probably, like, less than 30 minutes. How did they manage in 30 minutes to make somebody has a, who has a tie to the iconic look of Boba Fett cooler than Boba Fett?
2: Literally. I, they literally made a person who just like pretended to be Boba Fett cooler than the actual Boba Fett. Yeah. I was so impressed. I don't, I don't know how they did it, but they did it. You're right.
0: Um but
2: they're about to they're the Mandalorian and, and Cobb Vanth are about to like face off until they're you know uh, some some something sort of interrupts.
0: Yeah. Um that sort of triggers like an uneasy alliance because there's a crate dragon, right? Yeah. Uh and this whole time i was thinking i knew it wasn't because we we're on tatooine but like every time they say crate dragon i'm like like crate like the salt mine planet <laughs> no <laughs> um yeah i wish <laughs> but yeah it's um basically if you've seen the episode of spongebob with the alaskan bulworm. literally <laughs> that's this that's I, the episode it
2: also, it also reminds me of dune uh, sure yeah like the sandworms and dune. Uh, <laughs> a bit of a different, uh, like the sandworms in dune don't specifically like try to like eat livestock, but yeah, similar sort of concept.
0: Mm-hmm. Space worms uh, terrorizing a colony. Uh, pretty cool. Yeah. Cool concept. Cool. You know?
2: I thought it was cool. Um, I mean, I didn't know this at the time because I don't think we've really. It, 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 when, when it attacked Mos Pelgo, it was sort of just like. What is that thing? But later on, when they sort of explain that it's like a crate dragon and everything, there's some pretty interesting connections to Old Republic. I don't know if you want to get into them now or oh, if we just want to. Okay, so uh, actually, it might be best to get to, get to them in a bit. Okay,
0: sure. Um, yeah. But yeah, after that, we like set up the conflict of everything. It's like, okay, Mando, it's it's you, it's Cobb, it is the Tusken Raiders. Yeah. I honestly, I really liked just everything about the episode i don't think there's anything i didn't like i don't know if that's just the hype of me wanting the show to be back or what but i thought we moved at a good pace i really thought they introduced a lot of cool twists on things we're familiar with like i'm really glad we got to see the tuscan raiders humanize you know like oh, yeah. for so long they've just been the sand people and like that carries some uh connotations behind it you know um oh yeah so seeing them be humanized like i liked that you know it was something new it was like it it still looked at them in their role in that world where it's like yes they are very violent but we there's a common goal here you know so i really liked looking at tatooine which like oh we're back on tatooine again like it brought a lot of new things to the screen at least uh regarding tatooine so i give it a lot of credit for that
2: Oh yeah, for sure. It, it definitely did a lot to sort of just like expand the lore in a way. Mm-hmm. Like we we never got such so much backstory about the Tuscan Raiders before uh, mm-hmm. in 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 something so mainstream. Uh, and I really like that too. Mm-hmm. Where did the Mandalorian learn Tuscan? He's like mm-hmm. so good at it.
0: <laughs> yeah i I mean, he's clearly uh, well worn in his role, you know, as a wanderer. So. Yeah, sure, but like that seems like a hard language to pick up. <laughs> yeah, probably. I don't know. That's that's. I wonder if there's a story there. There probably is. I bet that's a comic.
2: <laughs>
1: you know.
0: I'm sure. I'm sure. Um,
2: what did you think? They, that, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say that they all end up sort of coming together and, and unifying in this one goal to mm-hmm. to kill the crate dragon. Can we um,
0: can we say slay the crate dragon? Because this is a, a dragon story.
2: Yes. It's so it's, <laughs> yes, the, the the people of Mosspel go. The Mandalorian, Cobb Vance, and the Tuscan Raiders team up to slay the Krayt Dragon.
0: Very nice. Um, I was going to ask you, uh, as we're, like, learning about the history of this village and uh, their relationship with the Tusken Raiders and the Krayt Dragon, what did you think of Cobb Vance, like, r- recounting of his story? Because I really liked it. I liked that it was his perspective and it was a shift in that way. And- yeah it left things a little questionable kind of because like it's only his perspective a certain point of view you know it's like did he actually yeah, yeah. run like what like did he steal that like what What actually went down um what do you think of that whole thing i mean yeah
2: i think it's i think it was it, it's safe to be skeptical about something like that like yeah. you know he he makes him he makes himself seem like a badass yeah. like who's like totally justified mm-hmm. uh and, like, we just don't know if that's, like, his character yet. Like, you know, maybe he wasn't, maybe, there, maybe that wasn't very altruistic of him. Like, mm-hmm. he says that he, he gets the armor and he uses it to, like, save the city and stuff. But, like, we don't really know, like, what's been going on. Um, and we also don't know, like, if, yeah, like you said, like, if he escaped the way that he escaped. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, it's just interesting to see that. I think it also does a lot to sort of, like, help those people who may not be as into Star Wars to sort of, like, place this in the timeline. Mm
1: -hmm. Because
2: we do see, like, this the Death Star explode. Yeah, Um, that was really cool. uh, It was really cool to see that from that perspective. uh, Just, like, other, like, random people, like, watching it happen um, and celebrating uh yeah just think that it helps for because the mandalorian is pretty popular now it kind of helps like place it in the timeline for some people who may not be as into it as we are
0: yeah good point um i'll add on i would like to see that two to three minute sort of uh, a certain point of view esque uh, narration and action from a lot of other supporting characters because we didn't really get that at all in season 1 but like if we can at some point get like a Grief cargo thing where he's like sort of going through the motions of like what it was like meeting the client or something from season yeah. 1 like yeah. that'd be super cool I would love that
2: sure I mean I think that they're I hope that they you're right I hope that they sort of like replicate that through other characters and mm-hmm. everything
0: yeah because season 1 proved they have a really good ensemble of like really good characters so I would love to see them utilize them more than they Already do, I agree. Now, let we talk a little bit about the main action—the slaying of the crazy dragon. Yes. uh If we want to get real technical for a sec, I didn't even notice the transition to the full aspect ratio. I didn't either. So that's that means they did it perfectly. They, they like, did it
2: per. They did it perfectly. Mm-hmm.
0: No, continue. I'm sorry, I didn't. No, no, uh, that was really it. it like on a film editing perspective it's like if you don't notice that you did a great job and I thought the the transition out of it was really cool too because it was like looking like back and like focusing on Mando sort of so it was like a zoom in effect as they were going away yeah but, I'd have yeah. to
2: say that's the only time I noticed it was when it transitioned back I yeah. was like oh shit <laughs> like <laughs> it was like that the whole time
0: <laughs> yeah um, Yeah, I forget when I noticed it but I, I, I like that they did that for the set piece now do you think that's something we'll see continue or do you think that's like Favreau had the pull yeah. and he's like I want the IMAX cameras for my episode or something like what do you think we're gonna think see we're that done? continue we're mm. seeing that continue for sure
2: that's not something that like they would only do for like just John Favreau like <laughs> I I think I think I don't know. I feel like, I feel like they would definitely sort of invest in that sort of technology for these types of scenes. No one's saying that you have to, you know, film the entire episode of the Mandalorian on IMAX. No one's saying that that has to happen. Nobody wants that to happen. Honestly, it would be a bit overkill. Um, but for these scenes that are like super intense, very action packed, lots of details happening, lots of characters, it makes sense to like, want to film that sort of thing in the best quality that you can. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know it's funny that you said that you didn't notice the aspect ratio change because i went back like after the fact and like tried to pinpoint the moment when that happens mm-hmm. and it's a shot where like all the tuscan raiders are running back and the crate dragon's like coming at them but there's like some black at the top of the screen mm-hmm. and as the tuscan raiders are coming back like the screen changes but like you can't see it because of like the, the shadows behind nice. the crate dragon it was very cool um, but if you have a, a sharp eye, you can kind of, like, notice those sort of things.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Well yeah, done. Yeah, very,
2: very well done. Very well done. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and, yeah, this entire set piece, um, again, I liked. You know, like, it, it was it was simple, but it was really entertaining to watch. And I, so, the Create Dragon's new to me, so... Yeah. No, so something about the
2: set piece, and this is what I want to talk about at uh, Nightsteal Republic really quick. Um, is that in Knights of the Old Republic, one of the things that you do? So, so basically, you are trying to find these things called star maps, um, and basically you go to planet to planet to find like a star map on each of the planets. Uh, eventually, you go to Tatooine, where you have to kill a crate dragon. Um, and so, basically, this crate dragon in the game is in this cave, right? Mm-hmm. Similar to similar to the Mandalorian, where the crate dragon is in this like empty sarlacc pit, correct? Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, it's really interesting because that it just seemed like a carbon copy from the game. Like, yeah. like here, here's the Mandalorian and Cobb Manth and the Tuscan Raiders like fighting this crate dragon uh in this like in this like on Tatooine in this cave. And that's exactly what happened in the game. I believe in the game you can also team up with the tusken Raiders. That's cool. That's not, not something I did. <laughs>
0: uh
2: <laughs> But, yeah, so basically, in the game, you kill it by exploding it, like like using explosives um to sort of like get it get its underside
1: nice. um,
2: and inside the cave is a star map that it's like protecting essentially um not really spoiling anything
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, and inside the carcass of the dead crate dragon, in the game is a pearl or or whatever the Tuscan Raiders find at the end of this episode, yeah. So it's that's something from Knights of the Old Republic when the Tuscan Raider like took the pearl out of yeah. <laughs> and like held it over his head, I was like, There it is. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's that's my Knights of the Old Republic uh sort
0: of crossover here. That's awesome. Um yeah. there was another thing I saw too, because I saw a ton of people posting stuff, um, just like little references. More than I saw, I think in season one, so there was a lot in this episode. Um Mm-hmm. That was really really cool. That was the notable one. Uh, I also saw. I I don't. This is, I don't. This was probably just a, fu- a fun little thing because like John Favreau directed both these things, but you know there's that I like iconic shot from the first Iron Man movie where like he shoots the tank, then he turns around, walks away, then it's like Iron yeah. Man on the right side, of the tank blown up on the other side. Um, yeah. <laughs> There's a shot that's framed similarly, with like ACDC in the background. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> There's a shot that's framed similarly. It's when Cobb Vanth is uh, at the end of his narration with the the minor organization, where he like leans forward with Boba Fett's jetpack, shoots the rocket out, and then explodes it. Like it's it's framed similarly. So I thought cool. that was neat. Um, that is neat. But in the in the the wrap up when we're fighting the Great Dragon, I really did like. Again, it just looked so fresh for Star Wars, like, seeing these two fighters, like, using their jetpacks to, like, maneuver around this giant creature. Like, that, I feel like we haven't seen that in a Star Wars thing before, you know? Like, Iron Man, we've seen that a ton, like, fighting space whales or whatever. But, like, in this universe, on this planet, that seems super cool. Agreed.
2: Agreed. It was very... It just felt like Star Wars to me. Like, I was just on the edge of my seat the entire time. Mm -hmm. Just like, oh, wow, like... This is so like cool and like different. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. It's just it just made me feel like a kid again. Um, yeah, I loved
0: it. Mm-hmm. And I think what you said at the beginning of our talk today is like exactly the right way to say it. Like it was a good mix of nostalgia and new because it w- it did feel very fresh in a place that's been beaten to death. You know how many times we've we seen Tatooine, but yeah, I I think it came back great Uh, I think it was a really really good episode feels like we didn't skip a beat feels like we're just picking up right where we left off but I will say I've seen some people upset or let down or disappointed because of that the fact that like it's not a traditional coming out strong grand slam super high stakes episode one of a new season and they don't to be fair they don't frame it that way like it's not season two episode one it's chapter nine so like for you diving back in was the fact that this was basically a more actiony chapter four a deterrent like it was for some people or were you happy about that
2: no i was really happy with it Honestly, i think it was the best episode of the mandalorian so far in my opinion um I I thought it had a good balance between actiony and like character development. Mm -hmm. And I don't need every episode of the Mandalorian to be like high stakes, like, Oh no. Like, you know, the child's going to die. Like, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. that doesn't need to happen every time. I like, I could see, I can, I can watch the Mandalorian blow up a a crate dragon for an episode and it's fine. Like (laughs) that's what we want. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I would disagree i i would think that it, it does move the story along in some way um and i think it introduces really cool characters and it, it only furthers the ones that we've seen already i, I think it was a great episode um, i had no problems with it
0: yeah i i co-sign everything like we're obviously the consequences of this episode will pay off you know there will be okay we were looking for a mandalorian we tried to find one turns out we didn't we had to do this thing instead next week okay we're probably still looking for another mandalorian maybe that's when sabine comes in um dude yeah or maybe this puts us on that path in the next few episodes to find her but like yeah i i thought it was really strong and i'm i'm glad that they're continuing with that experience of we want it to feel like it's one thing not like this isn't like how Stranger Things season two it was like Stranger Things two. This isn't the Mandalorian two. This is the Mandalorian chapter nine, you know?
2: Yeah. I mean, like, like you said, like, to be fair, this is chapter nine. It's yeah. not, you know, season, it's not season two, episode one. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not supposed to set up anything. It's just a continuation mm-hmm. of the story that left off. And like, like everything, and like even just life, like, you know, it, it's not, everything's going to be like super interesting and high stakes all the time like it's just what the mandalorian did after navarro like (laughs) you know what like he had a little bit of a setback and Mm -hmm. that's what you had that's what you
0: got to watch let's wait till next episode see what happens like
2: yeah and if we get there are next there are more episodes coming like yeah
0: and like from my perspective again as somebody who really liked episode four and i liked uh the the heist episode a lot too last season like if we get more episodes like this i'm fine with that like i i think if we hit story beats like if we had a major story beat thing like at least three or four times this season that's fine i i i'm fine with everything else being the same framing of this because we're still moving you know like every week we're doing something you know it's like we're not hanging on anything too long so if yeah if, if it's not something you're super in love with uh plot wise it's like okay you're still getting some content next week. It will be a different plot. So uh yeah, and I, it's one of the, it's
2: mm-hmm. one of those things that like you know this this episode for instance like it's not like we didn't go anywhere yeah we did it's just there there wasn't as much of an emphasis on it which is not a bad thing
0: yeah so I, I think I think it's worth saying ahead of time because I know with season one it was a lot of uh. We getting back to that like empire doctor anytime soon like i i I think with the hindsight of that seeing this episode seeing how strong this episode was without really touching on anything like that for progressing the mystery of this show be prepared for more about the season we will at least i can guarantee you we'll have at least one episode that gets into the greater mythos of everything but like be prepared for more like this i think
2: i mean i think that's like one of the things that kind of caught me off guard with season one i didn't expect a lot of episodes to be sort of like not as heavy on the plot Mm -hmm. that's that's not something i expected but going into season two i know what season one one was like and so i I feel like i'm a little bit more prepared for that
0: nice Um, uh that being said they drop boba fett on you at the end (laughs) like actual boba fett yeah like
2: literally literally boba fett yeah (laughs) Like, I, here's the thing, though. Like, everybody's saying it's Boba Fett. And, like, it's, mm-hmm. like,
0: 99% a chance that it's so Boba Fett. So, let me ask you. Because the thing is, when we saw it at the end, obviously it was a Boba Fett-heavy episode with the armor and everything like that. But when we saw Tamar and I was like, Rex? Or is it actually Boba Fett?
2: Right. That's what I thought, too. I was like, it could theoretically be any of the clones.
0: Yeah. So, like, do you have a... You're putting your chips on something specifically. Like, what do you what do you think? I mean, you know, I think it's Boba Fett.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's Boba Fett for a few reasons. Okay. I I watched a few things about this. this is not completely like my own uh, sure. thoughts thoughts here, but like the way like his age seems seems you know like his age seems right. Yeah. Uh, we know that from episode two that as part of like giving his DNA to the, to the, uh, Camino K- or whatever to make the clones for the Galactic Republic. Django asked for a copy of himself to be made with no genetic, like alter- alterations. So, so no, no, like aging. Cause we know that the clones like aged faster than normal humans. Yeah. Uh, so we know that Boba Fett is a clone of Django. Sure. But doesn't have like the sort of aging thing that he does. Mm-hmm. Um, which makes it seem like you know this is probably like you know the age seems right like he looks like you know he's in his 40s or 50s which would make sense if you think about the timeline of it all. Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, um and also the also the fact that he's on Tatooine, like mm -hmm. you know come on
0: (laughs) yeah uh, i think that's a fair bet um and as for, for as much uh trash talk that we've done in this show and even in this episode about boba fett being a chump uh they could very well make boba fett cool they could i believe in them you know i believe in them too i i guess um
2: i was watching a thing and some guy said that there was a scene where the mandalorian is like talking by campfire with some tusken raiders um and there's like one tusken raider to the left of the screen that's sort of like sitting away from all of them but still listening
1: Mm -hmm.
2: and a lot of uh, that 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 one person thought that perhaps because we do see Boba Fett with, like, a gaffy stick mm-hmm. right at the end that maybe he's been hiding within the Tusken Raiders. Um, what do you think about that?
0: That is a good theory. Because I did notice that he had the staff. I was like, oh, hey, yeah. that's the, the Raider staff. That, that's an interesting theory. Um, and you, you presume, too, because on that final shot when we get the reveal tomorrow morrison like he's looking at mando driving on the speeder and the last thing we saw him do was put the boba fett armor nicely on the speeder you know so like <laughs> yeah it, it, i think it's clear that he's looking for that um right and i think that lends the idea that it is boba fett honestly for like a good chunk of the episode especially after like he's st- uh mando started trusting uh the marshall more I, I thought we were going to get a moment towards the end where it was like uh, the hit, the armor, the person this armor belonged to actually was not a true Mandalorian and he stole it from the Mandalorians and that's how it ended up in his hands. Uh, he's a disgrace <laughs> to the people. You in your efforts have done so much more to live close to our code than the original owner did so I gift it to you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean yeah it's, and that's a thing like Django Fett like was he even like a Mandalorian I
0: don't think so um, I think he was and then he like left
2: I think he was like I think he was like from one of the planets right and then like they had some falling out or something like that yeah. I, I'm not like as I'm not well versed in the Django lore
0: I, yeah I'm not either but <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure that he's not like a true <laughs> true Mandalorian I think like he was he left and then cause like obviously in episode 2 he's taking that helmet off all time, you know, like he doesn't live by that code. So
2: yeah, right. Exactly.
0: I, I honestly, I did think that we were going to reach a point where it was like, you know what? Keep it like you, you earned it.
2: (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, but the Mandalorian doesn't know yet that that's not really a Mandalorian's armor, but Mm -hmm. sure looks like it. I guess I'm, I'm curious. What do you think? Um, what do you think like, jango if it is indeed jango which we're pretty positive it is
1: yeah
2: boba my my apologies uh we're pretty we're pretty positive that's boba fett but yeah you know i guess it could be one of the other clones though it wouldn't really make any sense Mm -hmm. um what do you think boba's role is in the rest of the season assuming that it is boba
0: you know what i think maybe next week or the next episode because uh, the thing is, we never saw Amanda reunite with the child at the hangar, right? So I think next episode, we're still on Tatooine. I think it's Boba Fett being like, hey, that armor's mine. They have a talk. Because he's like, oh, you're the Mandalorian that I'm looking for. How do I find his people? And he's like, man, I don't know. <laughs> like- <laughs> Yeah, I think I'm we get that a, again. Mandalorian. <laughs> no, I think we get that again. I think next week we get the Boba Fett episode. And I think it's like similar to what happened this week, kind of like a fake out from Din Djarin's perspective. And it's like, Oh, yeah. all right. So what do you need? <laughs> like, I I think we get those like two strikes and then episode three, maybe is when Sabine comes in. It's like, Hey, I know a Jedi. You know? Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think, I think Sabine's going to be like the Mandalorian that he finds. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, I I guess like my, the the next question is, do you think the relationship between Boba and the Mandalorian is going to be one of like, like mutuality and like that, you know, they're trying to help one another or do you think it's going to be like combative and divisive um, in the sense that like maybe the Mandalorians like finds out that, you know, Boba actually isn't a Mandalorian, right? Like, do you think, do you think they're going to work together? Or do you think it's going to be more?
0: I think it's okay. going to be, like, an uneasy team-up. Okay. Like, similar to, like, the Bilber character in Mando, you know? Like... Okay. I, I think it's going to be unstable. I think he's going to be... I think uh, Boba Fett might be a little judgmental of him, like, seeing him care for a baby or something, and he's like, oh, he's soft, or something like that. Like, Yeah. I, I think that's the attitude we get around it. What about you?
2: I mean, yeah, I think that they're going to have... Maybe they, maybe they have some sort of... Maybe, like, with Cobb Vanth, like, you know, they, they have this, like, altercation that almost blows up right in the beginning, but then they have to come together and, like, do something together. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, like, seems like the likely recipe for some of these things.
0: Yeah. But, but, yeah, I'm excited. I think... Do you think we get the resolution to the Boba Fett stuff next week, or do you think that's, like, later in the season?
2: Honestly, I think we're going to get it next week. Yeah, me I think,
0: too. I think, like before the mandalorian
2: leaves tatooine is gonna they're gonna have some sort of confrontation yeah agreed but we'll have to see i'm so excited man
0: yeah me too i'm i'm ready uh i might i'm probably gonna watch this episode again at some point this week uh before the new one drops but i am so glad the show's back yeah i honestly just might watch it tonight (laughs) (laughs) it was really great it is not a bad idea but uh until the next episode, and until we break it down next Monday, Mike, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter, at Mike P. Connors. Very nice. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch, at Chris N. Buckley. This show is available on youtube.com slash joyclicks if you're watching the premiere or the video version. Um, we got a bunch of other shows on the platform as well. If you're curious about anything involving Marvel or games, check those out. Uh, but this podcast is also available on audio versions like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you can rate a review on the platform of your choosing, it would be greatly appreciated if you do. It just takes a second to hit five stars if you enjoy the show. Um, we also have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash JoyClix is where you can get involved with the channel further in terms of content and getting producer credit on all of our podcasts like Chris Sakas and Aaron Easton do. So thank you very much. And uh, I think that's it
2: i think so until next week when we have another episode of the mandalorian to discuss yeah this is the way
0: should we leave off with that
2: now i think we should all right you should say you should say this is the way and i'll say my the
0: way the force be with you all right (laughs) so until next week this is the way may the force be with you hello there
2: this is where the fun begins general kenobi